Welcome to Inspired for More podcast. I am so happy you're here. My name is Alexandra and I have built and I continue to grow my multi-million dollar sales organization. I'm insanely passionate about stepping into the very best version of ourselves and letting go of stories that no longer serve us. The more we achieve and expand ourselves, the more we give permission to others to pursue success and true fulfillment. If anything here inspired you, just know you are actually meant to inspire others. Now let's dive into an episode. All right, you guys, well, we are in for a treat today. I wanted to really preface by talking to you guys before we dive into that episode, because it is filled with like tons and tons and tons of wisdom. And I can tell you that I've been following Dr. Northrum for quite some time now, and it has just empowered me over my health. It's empowered me in so many different aspects. And just know she's sharing her truth on that interview, but she was also known to be one of the hundred most trusted people in America by Reader's Digest in 2013. She, in 2016, she was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 group of leaders that were using their voice and talent to awaken humanity. And in 2020, 2021, and 2022, she was included in Watkins Spiritual 100 of the living people that are making a unique spiritual contribution on a global scale. Dr. Northrum was also hosted on 80 highly successful public television specials and was featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show several times she was on the today today's show nbc nightly news the view the rachel ray show good morning america 2020 and the dr oz show among many others since march 2020 dr northrum has worked on the front lines of medical freedom which her colleague kevin jenkins ceo of urban global health refers to as the civil rights movement of the 21st century so welcome to the show christian dr christian northrup i'm so grateful to have you here Great to be here. And since you just mentioned Kevin Jenkins, we were just uh, have on the phone this morning. You're so, so. funny. <laughs> it's so true. Well, you know what? I love it because it what it really did when I discovered you in the last 20 years, like I said, was the fact that I've been in and out of, we all have challenges in our health at some times. Yes. What this whole thing has been about for me with the podcast was really empowering people to recognize their frequency. And when it came down to my health, I'm all about working out, eating well, supplementing properly, doing all the right things, watching what I use in my skincare, my, my daily things. But then when it comes down to it, I did have some health struggles and I'll tell you, honestly, like, do you, to me, vital health comes down to emotional health in, in my it, opinion. It does. It does. It, it comes back to that every single time. And so I've always, my whole practice, you know, uh, for years and years, I would just say to people, what's going on in your life? And then I could tell why they had what they had. And here's the, here's the cool thing. So could they, this is not like, uh, you know, Ooh, you need to go to a mountain and meditate. It's so simple. Like, um, you know, to get really granular, I knew, I knew from the, my years of practice, I knew that if I didn't leave my marriage, I would get breast cancer and be dead in three years. Why did I know that? Because I'd watched it over and over and over. And the other thing, uh, recently, I've been uh, doing some work with a vibrational healer, George H. Lewis. And I was listening to him talking with a woman doing an astrology reading for her. And, you know, she kept wanting more and more readings. And I'm listening to them with an ear of a clinician. And I said, George, she needs to just decide whether she's going to stay in her marriage or leave. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple. It all the all the um, sound healings and all of the clean eating and all of the fast and all of the green juice will not help you if you are stuck in a dead end relationship or job that you hate, that's draining your energy every day, but you're just staying there for the paycheck. Now, mm -hmm. we understand, you understand more than almost anybody because you have built this thriving relationship marketing business. You understand the power of residual income which by the way, yes, it's making money while you sleep, but not really because you have to continue to nurture the relationships, the uh, the living entity right. that is your downline. It's kind of like the mycelia of, of a mushroom. And when you keep nutrienting that, you get back what you put into it. It's an interesting ecosystem. So many, many people have been raised in a kind of a, a slavery 
situation where, um, and I remember hearing this years ago from Ann Wilson Schaaf in the 80s. She said, if you're staying in a job that you hate for your benefits, you will not live to see them. Mm, oh, I love that. And I, I, I want to hear more about your background because I've got something to tell you afterwards about this whole job is killing you because I had that absolute experience in my life. So wow. just to go back before, you yeah. were an o, a certified OBGYN. Where's your background? Like your parents or your upbringing? I love hearing your story. I've heard it so many times on different podcasts, but I'd love to hear it again. Well, the background was that I was radicalized before I went to med school because, you know, people like uh, the these frontline intensive care docs who I adore, Paul Merrick and uh, Pierre Corey, wonderful men who've been absolutely shocked that they've been unable to save people's lives with uh, the right the right medicine during this particular psyop we've all been going through. And they and, and Pierre Corey looked at me at a conference and he goes, don't laugh at me, I didn't know. Well, here's the thing, I have known since before I went to med school that there was way more going on than any doctor ever told you. And the reason is that my brother uh, was signed out of the hospital against medical advice when he was six months old, otherwise he would have died in there. The doctors didn't know what was going on. And my sister born before him did die in the hospital. They didn't know what was going on. And uh, so when my brother was born and he wouldn't eat, a nurse came up to my mother. This would never happen today. She came up to my mother and she said, look, the doctors don't know what's going on. If I were you, I'd get him out of here. And so my mother took him out of there. We fed him every hour on the hour with a NG tube. My dad had was a, a oral surgeon. So he certainly knew how to put that down. No doctors knew what was going on. So every hour on the hour, we would feed my brother. I was like seven or eight. And I remember holding up the, the tube, you know, here with the formula, he'd throw it up, whatever. At one year old, he weighed 10 pounds, 10 pounds. There are babies born that weigh 10 pounds. Um, and he was perfectly um, normal in every other way. Finally, my parents found a doctor, Dr. Crump at Women's Medical, which no longer exists. Okay. And she put down a fiber optic scope, which the doctors in Buffalo had lied and said they did that. They didn't do that. They didn't know how. She puts it down. She says the esophagus is so irritated that if you don't take the tube out, he's going to rupture that esophagus and then you'll get inflammation in the mediastinum and he'll die from that. So they took out the tube and then she does what women often do, which is the treatment was tincture of time. Let's just see what happens. Let's give him a chance to get hungry. And he did. And to this day, no one knows what was really going on. Nobody. But he's, you know, he's perfectly healthy. He's got a little uh, autoimmune stuff, which one would imagine given that history of right. starting right. out that way. So he's got a little, you know, positive rheumatoid factor, some lung stuff, but, you know, he travels all over the world with his HVAC business. My mother was told he would be mentally uh, incompetent, mentally retarded was the term used then. That's no longer politically no. Um, Although- you know, for the politically correct people, I just need to say developmentally delayed as though, what a euphemism, as though that's going to change right. down the pike later. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, he's fine. So when then my dad, I'm interviewing in a bunch of med schools, right? This is back in the, whenever it was, 70s. And um, I'm interviewing at all these med schools. And when I come home one day from the Yale med school interview, I did not go there. I went to Dartmouth. My dad is sitting, he, he's entered into the hospital with chest pain at Buffalo General. And so, you know, I get the call. I'm driving my sister's BW to these uh, interviews. And um, he then is there for two days with chest pain. Then he calls my mother. He says, get me out of here. They don't know what's going on. The IV had infiltrated, so his whole arm is blown up and he's got cellulitis from that. He has a fever from that. And she goes and gets him out of there. He's got the chest uh, leads hanging off his body. The nurses were furious. They wouldn't call for a wheelchair and he walked out. So when I come home from uh, my med school interview, he's sitting up in a chair, in his chair where he was read. He couldn't lie down because he had fluid 
two thirds of the way up in his lung fields and he healed at home. He wow. got better at home and he's right. They didn't know what was going on. He had infectious pericarditis. He did not have a heart attack. Uh, what you were told, the drugs and surgery. And that a lot of times doctors didn't know, but they didn't dare to say they didn't know because you're only rewarded for knowing, right? So you you go around on rounds and everyone's quoting the New England Journal of Medicine, which by the, at this point is nothing but a, um, it's nothing but a drug advertisement for big pharma. Right. Uh, but back then, you know, you'd quote the literature and, you know, where's the actual science and all of that. And no one would talk to the patient. I would talk to the patient and know what was actually going on. But you didn't get any credit for that. I remember this guy, Professor Almy, who's like world expert on irritable bowel syndrome. And he goes, Miss Northrup, there are no flags flying here, you know, in my internal medicine rotation. So I always had this sort of different thing where I knew that what they did was fantastic many, many times. Okay, bleeding to death, car accidents, trauma, nobody does it better. It's unbelievable. I love, love, love orthopedic surgeons, trauma surgeons, all of that. Right. But we needed to bring in a missing piece. Also, I knew long ago, health does not come through an injection. It doesn't come through an injection. Public health, so-called public health, has been boiled down to injections. Oh, like it doesn't matter how you think, doesn't matter what your vibration is, doesn't matter if you're staying in an abusive job or relationship, doesn't matter if you're eating partially hydrogenated seed oils all day long, none of that matters. And you can drive through fast food all day. That's not, that's not it. Right. What it is, you got to get your flu shot. Right. That's what's going to keep you healthy. Right. I mean, and I've always known also my family was into, we were into organic food, whole food. Uh, we had a compost heap. Um, if you drop your food on the ground, dad would say, you know, you can eat that. Let the earth pass through you. Then you'll be immune to everything. Um, so he I had, this, he was a doctor too. He was a dentist, his, okay. his brother and sister. So, uh, aunt, uncle Robert and Harriet were both medical doctors, but he's a dentist and very holistically oriented. Okay. And, um, you know, he believed that you could tell the person's health by looking in their mouth. And uh, he's right. Um, and, you know, so he was all about creating beautiful smiles. And the doctor, the two doctors were, you know, they were family. So what's so great about it is I always had um, great respect and love for the medical profession as it existed. You know, Thanksgiving dinner was kind of an AMA meeting. My, you know, my cousin became a um, global World Health Organization type of doctor and wow. my other cousin married a surgeon. And, you know, so I was always around doctors, but I was always kind of bringing in that missing piece. Could we bring in that missing piece? And when I went to med school, my Aunt Harriet gives me a book, The Nuts Among the Berries, because, you know, I don't want you turning into a health nut. Okay. Then you realize, and then, you know, I was uh, president of the American Holistic Medical Association in the 90s. Wow. And um, let me tell you, I, every day when I'd walk into the hospital, to, you know, into the doctor's lounge with the doctor's mailboxes, I was sort of always expecting my pink slip, my inject, my rejection notice, always. Why? Because I talked about nutrition. I had a bunch of macrobiotic patients. I believed in delayed cord clamping. Why would we clamp the cord when the baby's got those massive heart and lung um, things going on to mm -hmm. breathe room air? Why would I try to talk people out of circumcision? Why would I be giving these big doses of vitamin D? Why did I think it was a good idea to give folic acid before someone got pregnant? Basically, it has taken 20 years for my profession to finally institute the stuff that I was doing in the late seventies, early eighties and onward. Well, I was called a quack, but you know, I mean, wow, we suddenly have a big war on the, on the stuff that, that works, right. That, that works. I mean, I'm out in the woods uh, last weekend picking this usnea off pine trees, uh, old man's beard or usnea is the name of the herb. 
Okay. And I heard about it. So there it was, you know, and I picked a bag of it. Well, it's a natural antibiotic. It's rid of pain, you know, so now I'm starting to, you know, have bags of things in the house, right? In case the whole system goes, you know, someone else gave me a huge chaga mushroom from one of the trees, mm -hmm. bang that up with a hammer. So I've got usnea and chaga, you know, there's all kinds of natural things right. available to us, but what have we been brainwashed with? It, oh, it's got to be a drug. Right. Yeah. If people understand the history of medicine. And I think that's, and that's everywhere. That's, um, let's go back to my profession, yeah. uh, Ignatius Semmelweis in Vienna, Austria, recommended that surgeons after doing autopsies, that they wash their hands before coming up and doing deliveries. Yes. I heard about this. Yes. So he was vilified. They called him, you know, they didn't have the word quack yet. It was a little before that time. And he was vilified and the doctors hated him. And he ended up in an insane asylum because they attacked him so much. Meanwhile, the women in the hospital were dying in droves of what was called peripheral fever, childbed fever. That is because when you deliver, the terrain is different in your body. The tissues are kind of traumatized and you're in a vulnerable state. Some dude comes up out of the basement where he's just been cutting into bodies with God knows what and just delivers your baby. Well, then those women all got infected. And back then, the women didn't dare to go into the hospital because they saw that those who delivered at home did much better. So what, so what, what he did was he pioneered sterile technique. Now we know that it isn't so much the germ that causes a disease as it is the terrain. It's, it's a dance between the two. So for instance, in the physical body of a woman, I did this study, you know, like in the middle of the night when I was a resident, when women would come in with pelvic inflammatory disease or, or pelvic pain, I would do laparoscopies to see, make sure they didn't have an acute appendicitis or whatever. And then I would get cultures from the cul-de-sac, which is the place behind the uterus. Okay. Well, what women need to know is you can grow anything out of there. You can grow clostridia. You can grow the deadliest germs that are there all the time. It's the same as pneumococcal pneumonia germs mm -hmm. are in our throats all the time. Wow. When do they actually get a toehold? When we are depressed, when we're fatigued, when we've been up all night. For instance, if you stay up all night on a, on a bender drinking alcohol, it poisons the lymphocytes. It poisons the white blood cells. They don't have their, what's called chemotactic ability. It means they don't know they're drunk. They don't know how to find the germ that they're supposed to go and kill. Wow. Your bacteria feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. The bacteria, the, the white blood cell, that's the immune system yeah. supposed to go and keep you healthy. But if you are, you know, you, you're drunk and you, you know, sleep it off, you wake up in the morning and very often, not only do you feel awful, but you often, you quote, caught a cold wow. or, you, you know, or yeah. something. It's because you have compromised your immunity. You know, Bernie Siegel, who was co-president with me of the American Holistic Medical Association, and he wrote Love, Medicine and Miracles, phenomenal book. Um, he would say, yes. you have to give your body live messages. But what do we what are we constantly giving our bodies through mainstream media, through all of it? You're giving it a die message. Yeah. Be afraid of this. Be afraid of that. Da, 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 da. Mm. And what happens is this. You get a rush of cortisol and epinephrine. And these are stress hormones. And over time, if these are constant, from watching the mainstream media, may I say, this is the leading cause of disease, as far as I can tell, is watching mainstream news. Yeah. Because all the mainstream news are owned by four people, four corporations. And they say the same things all over planet Earth. Right. Check out Mockingbird Media. You'll hear the same thing. That it's like everyone's given a script. 
And if you don't believe me, then watch. Did you oh. always did you always know that from a long yeah. time ago? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know how bad it was until uh, March of 2020 when I testified in front of our legislature against 72 mandated shots by the age of 18 for all children going to school, nursery school, all of that. It's now it's now up to 79 shots, by the way, mandated wow. with 200 more in the pipeline. Wow. Yeah. Now, I was always against the hep B shot for newborns because it contains 15 times the allowable amount of aluminum goes right. And that's the not new. That's not new. Your perspective on that is not new because I read that in your books from a long time ago. You were saying yeah. that you weren't sure if they were safe or, or safe or not, that you were saying that from the very get go in this book. Uh, that would be it. And that's yeah. why when I became canceled by, uh, you know, and name calling and all that stuff. We don't need to go into it, but it was like, wait a minute. I'm not saying anything different. I've been banging on this drum for 30 years. I know. So, so I knew that there was an agenda. And so but to back up the truck. Okay. So what attracted you to women's health? What's real, what was like, cause every time we hear from you, every time I listen to you, there's something in a major love that, and a major compassion, you have massive compassion for women and giving birth and babies. That's your jam. That's what I love about you. And I find like every time I pick up one of your books and even specifically dodging energy vampires, oh, yeah. I think was way before it's time and it's so relevant. And when we were talking right now about having a network marketing business and owning a, and being around people, I wasn't aware of no. how much I was being fizzled out in energy because I wasn't, first of all, aware that I was an empath. Okay. So how, how can, what do you call an empath? I love the descriptions that you go into the book. So I really rec highly recommend that book to so many people. Okay. So I didn't realize that that book was predictive programming for what's going on right now. Empaths are people who are uh, there for others, often more than for themselves. And we're, we're born that way. It's like eye color. And then there's those of us with super traits. And that would no doubt be you and me, where we are so confident in terms of our own lives, our own discipline, we can run a company, all of that. But where things really fall apart is one-on-one -on -one relationships because we think that our skills at running a company or running a household or whatever, we think that if we get in a relationship, surely our skills can buff up that person who could see how we could create heaven on earth. We don't, we are not aware that there's a certain kind of person with a personality disorder that knows exactly what your pain points are and knows how to get you to work for them. They don't have empathy. They don't actually feel anything for others. So now remember, there's a continuum. So, you know, you got your basic self-centered person, then you can call them on it and they'll say, yeah, yeah, you're right. They literally do not feel what others are feeling. We feel everything in the room, but mm -hmm. we think it's just us. No, right. it's we're feeling, I, I have a, a friend, she can't go to 12 step meetings because the pain in the room is so overwhelming to her that she can't do the work right because she's right. feeling every so we don't know where uh where we end and another person begins and because we're born with a negative ego meaning we you know people in the spiritual movement they're always saying well you know you've got to get over your your ego oh yeah we don't have that kind <laughs> of ego we got the opposite kind of ego we're born with okay what do i need to do to improve myself and, and since we have kind of endless inner resources, endless inner strength, endless faith in goodness, mm -hmm. endless faith in goodness. Yeah. That was we, the most shocking yeah. thing. That was the most shocking thing for me when I was reading this book, because I do, I do have the fundamental belief that everybody has goodness inside of them. And then when I realized that there is a percentage of people who don't have the ability to be empath, like they, they don't have the ability to be an empath. 
They don't have that. Don't, and, and, and those people we need to be protected from. Did you happen to see the movie where the crawdads sing? No. All right. It's big right now. It's, okay. it, it just came to Netflix. I saw it in the theater and I read the book. Okay. The, the crooks of that book, and I will not give it away. It's really good. I'll watch it. Um, uh, the crooks of that book is if you just are in the natural world. Well, let me give you another story. This is an old, you know, Zen story. Everyone's heard this story. But a scorpion says to a frog, I need to get across the river. Could you please um, swim me across the river? And the frog goes, you're a scorpion. No, you'll, you know, you'll kill me on the way over. I mean, I know who you are. No, I won't. I, I would never do anything. I need to get across the river. Okay, finally, the frog, the empathy, he's broken down. I'll do it. In the middle of the raging river, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog says, you told me you wouldn't do it. The scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. Oh my gosh. I've heard this story. My grandmother used to say this to me all the time. And it was a snake. A snake is a snake is a snake to be aware of that. And one of the things that you mentioned in the book, it was the fact that us empath, we, we, if we fall for being around people who fizzle out our energy like that, one of the biggest um, side effects of that is being ill, getting sick. Absolutely. No, absolutely. So this whole group of women, okay, I'm going to just run down the list of what they have. Chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, never can sleep, uh, kind of achy all over, chronic Lyme. Mm. It's all the same. It's all the same. Wow. It's all the same. They literally, there might, it, we can get, you know, microscopic. Right. Their mitochondria are not working properly, but until- they plug that leak in their energy field. I don't care what they do. You can go to Mexico and do, you know, this cleanse. You can go to the Himalayas and meditate in a cave. It doesn't matter. You have to clean up what's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And most people, that's the hardest work. Yeah. Say, yeah. Okay, we're coming up on, you know, the holidays, Thanksgiving, right? Well, everyone in the past before COVID had some relative that drains everybody. We've all got them because the personality disorder is one in five people and it's a continuum. So, you know, a little narcissism or outright psychopath. Chances are good. You don't have the outright psychopath <laughs> at Thanksgiving. They're running all the major corporations. They're running the mainstream media. They're running Hollywood. Those are the psychopaths. They are just farming human emotion. It's called louche. That's what they live on. Now we could get, you know, yeah. way out there. And I, but I love that idea. And I think that it gives people a glimpse because I actually did a whole uh, episode about your frequency. Okay. And I know that you love this. This is what you talk about. And even in your intro, it's like us light workers, it's our time. It's time to shine. It's time to elevate our energy. And so when we look at where the world is right now, I think it's a massive opportunity for people who do shine light because light is most recognizable when the world is dim. And right now the world is dim. And so the lighthouses, the light workers, we're the ones basically, the more that we feel, realize how much power we have inside of us to really elevate other people and fall into love, gratitude, happiness, eating fruits, vegetables from the ground, no more processed foods. It's like saying goodbye to like basically anything that people were doing recently when they were having Thanksgiving dinner, saying goodbye to all that kind of diet, but saying yes to all the amazing um, emotions and saying goodbye to the radio, goodbye to the news. And that's not new. That's not new in the, in the sense for myself or anything that I've been talking about for the last few okay. years is if we really want to feel massively empowered, I felt I became empowered the minute I let go of listening to mainstream media. I became empowered when I started listening to people who really felt aligned with what I what I was thinking about or what I was doing. And to go back to your point about people working for either their energy vampires or working for jobs that are literally running them dead, one of the things is, and I mean, I'm not making any medical claims, any anything. I'm just talking about my personal truth here because you're the you're the med, the medicine person. But I can tell you that I had some struggles with. I had a lump in my throat, and it ended up being a thyroid thing. And then I found uh -huh. out 
through Louise's Hayes work and your work that you can go into detail. Women with thyroid issues. Well, you want to go into that, that I love how you talk about that so much because it's so powerful how our bodies truly do speak to us. And you said a statistic in one of your, in women's bodies, women's wisdom that said 85% of medical problems are associated with unresolved tension or stress held in the body. Yeah, absolutely. But think of, of, of the feminine voice as it exists, just the feminine principle. Okay. So masculine is, I think feminine is I feel all right so we have all pushed down the I feel to an extent that it has to come through the body mm -hmm. so thyroid is fifth chakra fifth emotional center and it's uh speaking your truth it's creativity and it's also timing what happens when okay so this is how women are right we we stuff it we stuff it we stuff it <laughs> and we have an opening and suddenly the filing cabinet of 20 years comes roaring out because the truth is that women have this capability of categorizing every slight that ever happened. <laughs> and, and men uh, just stay in, you know, this one thing of what's happening right now. They're, you're so focused on right this very minute. And uh, so if you bring up something that happened a year ago, they're like, what? I mean, didn't <laughs> we resolve that? And chances are, no, that it didn't get resolved. It didn't get resolved. And that's why the body is still keeping score, as it were. Mm -hmm. So think of all the times that you didn't speak up. And I will tell you, in medical training, you were not allowed to speak up. And now, in this current era you're not allowed to speak up. So there's always one person, the energy vampire within the family unit. And what they will do is get two other people split so that they will fight. They will drain your energy faster than anything you can imagine. And then every time, every time, I want to give you an example of that. So there was this guy who um, wanted all of his wife's attention. Once they had kids, things really went south. And she asked him to do one little thing. One little thing. He pounds the table. He goes, I don't get shit time to myself. She just asked him to do something for the kids. He runs up to the guest room, curls up into a ball and won't come down. So he turns into, you know, like a two-year-old. She goes up. Finally, because she said, you know, that was abusive. I'm not going to put up with anyone pounding a table, terrifying the children. Uh -huh. She goes up. He's there. When I get like this, I need your love. I need your love. I don't need to be criticized. Do you see that? What they do, they run for the victim position and they're so good at it. They're always the victim. I want everybody through this lens now. Mm. We always want to be the rescuer. Right. And this is like, um, you know, this is classic. And it's you costing us our life. It will cost us our life if we stay in scenarios like that. Because I yeah, see... Got, yeah. Yeah. I see women I coach every day. And that's why I really wanted to bring this subject up today because... I've been coaching people for over a decade in building businesses and I see it that they want more, but they're stuck. And a lot of the times they're either stuck with an old story or they're stuck with someone that's holding them back. So what would you say to someone who is either going through that and wants to, we want to empower because you're the doctor of about all about empowerment. We're empowerment about really releasing the emotions that you don't feel. You're the doctor about really releasing any um, cultural imposition on you. That's what you're all about, Dr. Northrup. That's really what, all, when I think about you, I think about you give people the right to be a hundred percent themselves and to check in with themselves and to take personal responsibility of themselves. So somebody who's feeling stuck with that energy around them, how would you, what advice would you give to this, somebody like that? First of all, you just okay. gave us the example on how to identify it, but how can they break away first of all, from an energy vampire and how can they start healing? Like what are the things that they can do to elevate their energy? Okay. First thing you need to do is you make the diagnosis. So I would have people 
either read Dodging Energy Vampires or one of the other things that's online about narcissism. I mean, you've got to be able to see it. I couldn't see it. I didn't I even know the word back before I read that book. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that I'd been a snack for narcissists pretty much my whole life. I had no idea. So once I, because I remember somebody in the middle of my divorce, she sends me a thing. She says, sounds like you've been married to a narcissist. And it's like, what is that? You know, I didn't know. <laughs> um, and so anyway, you've got to get yourself educated and then you want to make a plan. Just like a battered woman needs a plan because what you're going to find, okay, first of all, I want you to, here's a classic, here's a classic, and I'll bet that your audience can relate the women that you coach. All right. So here you are and you're helping mostly women create financial freedom. And what always happens in the industry you're in, and I've certainly been in, is that you'll present the opportunity, the woman will see the vision, and then she'll ask her husband, and he'll put the kibosh on it every time. The number of women friends I have who have talked to me, and they'll, they're in the closet. I'm, I'm, in, I'm making this call from the closet, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, because they've got this guy going around peeing the perimeter, seriously, peeing the perimeter. And so they're keeping themselves small because they're afraid of his disapproval. Okay, if you feel the need to hide something from your boss or your spouse, if you know you need to hide something, that's diagnostic. Mm. In a real relationship, you can be transparent about everything, everything. So if you're really, here's the other thing that this is like heartbreaking, but it's true. And that is, are you prepared that if you leave this relationship, are you prepared to face the fact that you who've given your heart and soul to this endeavor, maybe a marriage, maybe a job, are you prepared for the fact that you will be replaced in 15 minutes and that the other person won't miss a beat Hmm. because there's a hundred of you willing to sell your soul because it's it's an inversion. These people, why do you think we've all been brought up on celebrity culture? Right. And, you know, um, you know, like, oh, how is Jennifer Aniston getting her haircut or a Kim Kardashian? I mean, what? Like, what? <laughs> I've been out to the Hamptons. I've done, you know, been on sets in Hollywood. There's no there, there. It's all a big illusion. But we've been with born with the negative ego. We think somehow that that says something about us if we can be seen with mm-hmm. one of these celebrities. It's nuts. It totally it's nuts. So what you have to do, you have to begin with working on yourself. Louise Hay always did mirror work. It was like the simplest, hardest thing on the planet, which is every day, every day, look in the mirror. I would give this out as a prescription. Look in the mirror, you say. I accept myself unconditionally right now. Or the PhD level is, I love you. Mm -hmm. Look in the mirror. I love you. And then after about 20 days, 25, the inner soul of who you really are will shine through your eyes and you'll see it. But you have to do this and you have to repeat it so the wiring changes. When you start to become empowered like that, then uh, there's a there's some movie clips that I wanted to always have playing on repeat in our waiting room at Women to Women. And one of them was the color purple, where I think it's it's either Oprah Winfrey's character or Whoopi Goldberg's character, whoever it is, stands up to the guy played by Danny Glover, who's been abusing her, impregnating her, keeping her sister's letters from her, like her whole life, no one loves you, you're a piece of manure, da, 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 da. He'd been keeping from her this love from uh, Suge and from her sister. And and so she gets this big stack of letters and she realizes, 
wait a minute, none of this ever was true. At dinner that night, she stands up. She she finally sees the she sees it. it Tina Turner, same thing happened to her with Ike. Looks at him at the dinner table and she says, "You touch me again, and your life will rot." <laughs> that is okay. That's nothing needs to change. That- that comes from being empowered and doing the mirror work and breathing life into yourself, doing the mantras, the affirmations. But what you said, which really struck me was the fact that women feel, women feel, men think, women feel. So the important thing, what, I, what I'm getting from what you're saying is even if you were to look in the mirror and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. If you don't feel it, you might not feel it in the beginning, but you'll start to feel it with time. You'll start to you'll start to feel it, and you'll you'll see that looking back at your eyes, and then you are not going to put up with being a doormat, being belittled. Okay, so Thanksgiving is coming, um, and let's say that your sister-in-law uh, at the last minute. This oh, this is another thing that always happens. You have a day plan, maybe a massage, maybe you're going to get your nails done, or you just want to meditate, whatever. And your sister-in-law, who never, ever, ever calls you or reaches out to you unless they want something. That's another sign. They only call, and then and in the little kid inside you goes, oh, you know, they really do like me. No, they want something. Right. That's why they called. There's... There's some people, they only call when they want something. And the minute you see that, then you'll say, okay, you you need a couple of things to say. Mm. Uh, Here's one broken record. I simply can't. You don't have to make any excuses at all. I simply can't. Sorry. I simply can't. And and at first you were going to feel guilty. I want you to get used to that feeling of guilt. It's so crazy because that's the one thing that I see people have the most challenging with is yeah. creating boundaries, creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, as an, as an OBGYN, as yeah. the doctor of women's health and empowerment, what is the one, like now you talked about mirror work. What are the final things about really living a high vibrational life and really letting go of, you know, people have a tendency of Googling what their illnesses are. So like, you know, Really, how do people get really in tune from the outside world and really tuning into their inside world, according to you? Okay, there's a couple ways to do it. You've got to come home to this. You've got to come home to the body. Anything out there. No, you want it. Okay, you want to be like the egg. Once the egg is, uh, you know, hatched, as it were, it sends out a signal and the sperm come to it. So that's the truth for life in general. The feminine principle is you attract things to you, all right? So you start with affirmations. You start with being as careful about what you let into your life as you are about your food, uh, whatever. And this includes men. And we, we could do a whole thing on that. Like, don't let him in until you have a contract for sexual and social monogamy. Mm. You don't let him in. You know, okay, you want to be polyamorous and live alone and all the rest of it and be rejected. Go ahead. That's good. But you know, if you want to be, so you, you have to become, uh, I want you to start seeing yourself as the center of your universe. Begin to ask for signs, uh, before making a decision. Um, show me a sign, make it so obvious I can't avoid it. Signs will show up in license plates, um, animals running across your path. Uh, you know, sometimes the the signs are, you know, so obvious, it just makes you just laugh because that's how God speaks to us. So understand that you are precious and you are, and God comes through you as you, you've got to start to see yourself as divine and that you are given everything you need, but it does take courage because if you're comfortable and the number of women I know, okay, where they're comfortable with their income, they're comfortable with the guy, but it's not quite right. What's happening right this very now minute where you and I meet and so on is that a very specific group of what I call star seeds have all come together 
to be here on earth at this particular moment to birth the true new earth. I'm not talking new age. I'm talking new earth where we remember who we are mm. and we remember that we are awesomely made in the image of God and that we are here to be God's eyes and ears on earth and to live heaven on earth. We were never meant to be a slave race for the banksters and the new world order and all of that. And it begins with us remembering who we are. They remember this. Narcissists, by and large, do not have creativity without siphoning your energy. Mm. So they're empty inside. And there's an abyss in there that you can't possibly fill. Empaths have a huge inner life, a rich inner life. You show me, you know, the books, you should see my library. It's like, my God, I don't have time for all of the stuff that I want to do. I am so full of life. So my job on this earth is to use that first for me. Mm. It's, it goes back to the old airlines. If cabin pressure falls, put the mask on yourself first, but not these stupid masks. You've, yeah. manifest, you've manifested so much in your life. And what would you attest it to be from? I remember hearing an interview with you that you had talked about that book, um, How to Win the Game of Life. And yeah. I want to, I would love for people to hear that because the whole point of this podcast is to be, leave people inspired for more. And having heard your bio at the beginning, I think it all comes down to mindset. And I'd love for you to share that story because it's such a powerful story. Yeah. Francis Scoville Shin, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Okay. So that's really about the law of attraction and the whole thing. So I was, you know, in practice and that was going well. And I had, you know, all of that. I, I could do that in my sleep, but I knew that something was missing. So one Friday at 11 in the morning, I kid you not, I used one of her petitions, one of her exhortations, whatever, an infinite spirit, give me a sign, show me the next best use of my gifts and talents. That was 11 in the morning on a Friday. Two in that afternoon, same afternoon, I get a call from a literary agent who says, it's time you wrote a book. Honest to heaven. I, I never would have written a book. I, you know, here's the thing, everybody. I never set out to do any of this ever. You know, people say, oh, you must have known you wanted to be a doctor. And oh, you must have known you wanted a New York Times. But no, 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 no. What I think is I have avoided saying what I know to be true for many, many lifetimes. And this one, I finally said, okay, all right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> so you just listen to God's calling on your life and you've just been doing the action. How long does it, it take you? How long did it take you to write the women's book? The, this book, oh, for God's sake, have that was like women's bodies. Women. This is the fifth edition, by the way. Um, there will not be another one. I'm done with that particular thing. Uh, it probably took me six years. And wow. um, and then each book has been progressively shorter. My favorite book is Goddesses Never Age because, okay, so I'd been through a divorce and, you know, so there I was like, you know, 49, 50 and, um, and all of the mainstream media was saying, oh, that's too late for you. All the men want women who are 20 years younger and uh, this is the end of your desire. You're now invisible, blah, 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 blah. And I set out to prove that that wasn't true. But I didn't know. I didn't know. My whole career actually is this. What I hope is true, I got to prove it in my own life. Like if the law of attraction is true, right. if the laws of manifestation are true, if the dynamic laws of prosperity are actually Catherine true. Ponders. Catherine Ponder. Oh my God, I love her. <gasps> absolutely. Then, then you got to put them into practice and then think and grow rich. When I thought I was going to lose the house and all the rest of it, I read think and grow rich, like my life depended on it. Mm. And, um, you know, then I realized then he did another book called, uh, you know, whatever it was outwitting the devil, outwitting the devil, which by anybody listening to this should listen to that on audio. If you, I read it and I listened to it on audio on audio, it's great because he's got two voices. That's it's it. very creepy. Um, but it's definitely eye-opening because this book was written in the 1930s, like almost 90 years ago. 90 That's years right. ago. And, and but his he family only released it. 
They only yeah, released it after his death because his wife didn't want him to release it. She was like terrified of what would happen to him or their family life if it was released any time before. So they end up releasing it afterwards. So anybody listening to this, it's all about empowerment because I found when I read those books and hearing your testimony on really learning how to energetically put the direction and being wide open to whatever the gifts God has on your plan. And then of course, be interwining that with knowledge from professionals that know this medicine. And like we were talking about menopause and I think a lot of people will appreciate this as closing out the podcast today with this is like menopause is something that we are all like people are scared about or people, or I have so many friends that have so much wisdom around me. I'm so blessed to be guided by so many women that have gone through menopause in my life. And they'll talk to me whether it was positive or negative experience, but reading your book, I was just like, you know what, as of 40, I'm taking a decision. I'm probably not going to drink alcohol, probably not going to have any dairy, probably not going to have any sugar. And what you say in the book is if you avoid those three things, you'll pretty much slide through menopause. If you want to expand on that before we close out. Yeah. Now some, if it's raw dairy, you're probably fine, by the way. So okay. let me just be, be clear on that or the fermented stuff with grass fed cattle and that kind of thing. So it's all about the quality, but the main thing that women need to know is they're going from alternating current of wisdom to direct current of wisdom. And our culture teaches you the place that you're taught to be afraid. Oh my God, getting older. They taught you to be afraid. That's where all the wisdom is. That's where all the fun is. And you've got, if you want a physical vehicle that is ready to contain that wisdom and so that you are an asset instead of a liability, you've mm -hmm. got to stay healthy because then you are a force multiplier in a way like if I didn't know all the stuff I know, and if I didn't have this healthy body, I would just be going around like most people. Here's what they do. You know, the demons, they make you think that after 50, it's all downhill. And then you need your mammograms and your colonoscopies and all of that stuff, which you probably do not need. And I go into all of that, but you've got to get the mindset of, see, I, I, I would actually say to you, what is the secret for me? The secret is I always believe that things are going to get better and better, that my best years are all ahead. Mm. And that has been the truth. That's been the truth because that's my belief. But I also, because I'm an insider, I know that most of what mainstream medicine is telling you about what you need to be healthy is nothing but disease screening. And it's mostly BS to get you on drugs. I'm watching her on video, you guys, and she is so beautiful and she radiates so much love through her eyes. I am just so in awe of what you radiate through you. And uh, one of the affirmations that I have on my mirror is the older I get, the younger I look and feel. The older I get, the younger I look and feel because- yeah. It's really about the affirmation. And today in your, um, I, I get your mail out every single day. Yeah. I love that. And you actually mentioned that today that our, our health is just progressing forward. I, I, I'm not going to quote you directly from what you said, but oh, yeah. it was like, it was all aligned with the more you put in your mind that the more you're growing older, the healthier you're becoming, the more you're going to attract that towards you. So I loved our chat. I loved everything about it. I'm so grateful for your time today. Time, It's been what an honor it's been to be to spending this time together. <laughs>